Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Porter Gals presents Terrifying Tales. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're... The Polter Gals. Spooky. <laughs> this is from the book, Ghost Stories of Texas, by Joanne Christensen, published by Lone Pine Publishing. You can find them at LonePinePublishing.com or at GhostBooks.net. I was a ghost. Maybeard of Denton, Texas, was only 15 years old when she experienced the most astounding event of her life. More than 50 years later, she would finally write about it, the time she returned from the other side of the grave. It was the summer of 1917, and May had contracted what her family doctor described simply as the fever. Her temperature rose until she was burning hot to the touch and her head pounding in agony. On the third day of her illness, the doctor warned May's parents, nobody ever lives with this high of a temperature. He was right. Within the hour, the physician could detect no pulse and declared May dead. What was incredible was that May would later recall seeing him do that. Though her physical being had expired, the teenager realized that her spirit had been set free. As she watched her parents grieve over the wasted body in the bed, May marveled at her new form, she later recalled. Now I could be whatever I chose to be. The walls of the room seemed to vanish. I was free, weightless, completely happy. And what energy. I'd never known such energy while I was encased in that body. That body, in fact, looked to May like a pain-filled prison from which she had escaped. It repelled her, and she rejoiced in her new expansive state. There was only one problem. May could not stand to see her beloved parents devastated by grief. She had to let them know she was all right. May crossed the little bedroom and embraced her father. I'm happy and free, she told him. I'll never be sick again. But the man's hands never left his face. May spoke more loudly as he hugged her mother. Can't you see me? she implored. But the woman continued to weep uncontrollably. It was clear to May that she could never communicate with her mother and father as a free spirit, and she loved them too much to allow them to suffer. She would have to return to her body. As May made her decision, two men arrived from the funeral home and lifted her corpse onto a stretcher. At that instant, May wrote, my love for my parents drew me back to my body like a rubber band snaps. She felt herself being carried down the hall and outside to the waiting hearse. The energy and joy the girl had been filled with only moments before had vanished. May was back in a pain-wrecked body, unable to move or even breathe. Paralyzed, 
beneath the sheet. She was gripped suddenly by a new horror. Oh God, May thought. Now I'm going to be buried alive. With tremendous effort, she managed to let one limp hand slide off the stretcher. One of the men noticed, but simply balanced the stretcher on one knee while he tucked away her arm back underneath the sheet. Again, May let her hand drop. Again, the young fellow placed it back where it belonged. With the last little bit of strength the girl could summon, she let her hand dangle off the stretcher one more time. This time, the older, more experienced mortician noticed. My God, she's still alive, he screamed. The two shocked men dropped the stretcher on the floor. May's head hit the smooth, hard tile, and darkness descended. For five days, May remained unconscious. When she awoke, she was surrounded by friends and family, and the doctor was monitoring her pulse. When May opened her eyes, the doctor placed the thermometer in her mouth. After a few moments, he read the results and spoke. She has passed the crisis. She'll be all right with a few days rest. May felt well, but weak. In a whisper, she asked her father to have everyone else leave the room. Once they had, she told her father every detail of what had taken place in the room while she had been dead. Am I right? She asked. Is that the way everything happened? The shocked man verified the story. May then explained to him that she knew these things because her disembodied spirit had been in the room the entire time. Her father was accepting, but offered one piece of advice. For God's sake, and your sake, don't ever tell anybody about it. No one will ever believe you. May promised, and for more than half a century, kept that promise. Eventually, though, it was something she felt she had to share. She wanted others to know about this profound experience, which particularly in her senior years had brought her a great measure of comfort. I really have no fear about what lies beyond the grave, she wrote. After all, I've been there and back. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or on YouTube at The Porter Gals or on Instagram at The underscore Porter Gals. You can also find us wherever you get your podcast or at RogueMediaNetwork.com. You've been listening to The Porter Gals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.